Hello and welcome to episode 252 of the Punter Podcast. I'm Chris Barnett. Ascot is the venue for the Grade 1 Ascot Chase, as well as the Reynoldstown for novices on Saturday afternoon, with the Grade 2 Rendlesham Hurdle, the feature race up at Haydock. We also look at racing at Wing Canton. Today we hear from champion trainer Paul Nichols discussing a couple of his Saturday runners. City AM Racing editor Bill Esdale previews the best of the weekend's race in action, plus Wally Pyra looks at Sunday's race meeting in Hong Kong. So Bill, we're going to look at the racing ITV this weekend, Ascot, Haydock and a race at Wing Canton as well. We'll hear from champion trainer Paul Nichols on the podcast as well. He had a media day and I managed to ask him a couple of questions during that about a couple of his runners, Pick Dory and Rubo in particular. They're the ones we'll talk about. But we should start talking about uh, the news of Jamie Moore, who's uh, retiring after his career in the saddle and really after horrendous injuries that he's managed to come out the other side of from a family that just loves racing and is so good for the sport. He's been great for racing, hasn't he? Yeah, and I saw I saw Gary Moore's interview at Sandown yesterday, and you could see he was a we're recording this on Friday, you could see he was emotional about it. But it's definitely the right decision. He's been battling injuries on and off for the last four or five years, and and we know the injuries that his brother Jamie's had. So I suppose it's about getting out in one piece, and he's got out in one piece, but he was a great jockey. Um I was lucky enough to ghost Gary Moore's blog during the kind of side of years. And, you know, Jamie did a brilliant job. He rose to the big occasion. He was built like a football rugby player rather than a jockey. And he was just very tough and very good in the saddle. And, you know, I'm, I'm sure he'll he'll be involved in the training setup going forward. And I guess it's always a little bit more pressure when dad's the trainer you get your son on board if you know if you have a jockey you can swap him over you can make excuses but when it's your son it's pretty tough if it doesn't go right so the pressure's on jamie even more with side of gruzi etc and you know I, I mentioned that he was he was a tough jockey he really was and you know there was that famous picture of him i think when he rode in the welsh national covered in mud and you know he he toughed it out he took some hefty falls um he had some brilliant highs you know, I'm thinking of, of you know, obviously the Sider Grugi champion chase at Cheltenham was probably the pinnacle of those highs. Uh, and he had some lows, you know, thinking of Goshen in the, in the yeah. triumph hurdle. You know, you can't get much lower than having a Cheltenham race in the bag and having it kind of yeah. clutch from your hands. But, you know, he was, he, he, was, he was a great jockey and it was, you know, I could see what it meant to Gary as a father, not just a trainer when he was winning those races. And and um, it was a great partnership. But I'm glad that he's finally realised that after all these falls, it's probably right to, to, to get out. Absolutely. Get out when you can. I mean, you just, you one fall away from disaster and you can't afford to do that. So uh, congratulations to Jamie for his career and just as importantly for getting out at the right time in one piece. And I'm sure we'll hear lots of him on the TV with his uh, brothers and uh, also with his dad going forward in down in the yard and lovely racing families we keep mentioning, but they are. So it's, it's fair to mention that. Uh, let's have a look at the racing then on Saturday. We'll start at Ascot in the 150 with the three miler, the Reynolds town novice chase. It's a great two got pretty small fields most of the way throughout the weekend and five in this one 
Apple away. She won at Leicester as she pleased. She went to Warwick and got beat by Grey Dawning by 14 lengths for the uh, Lucinda Russell-Derek Fox combination this time. Derek Fox was injured, at, uh, couldn't ride at Warwick, but he's riding it on Saturday. Taking on Kilbeg King, Brave Kingdom for the Nichols Yard, Henry's friends in there as well, and the King of Ryehope. What do we make of Apple away? Is she going to be one of the stars from Lucinda Russell Yard? Yeah, I mean, she she looks the obvious one here. The, the market hasn't got much between her, Kilberg King, and, and Brave Kingdom. It's only the five runners. Uh, trappy renewal this, this time round. Um, I, I kind of started trying to look for something to beat Apple away, um, particularly as she gets that handy seven pounds. And, you know... Uh, I gave Kilbeg King a bit of a chance, but no more than a bit of a chance. And the market's really speaking in his favour. And for that reason, I probably wanted to oppose him because he's now 11 or 4, really, across the board. On the back of, yeah, he's, he, he, he was third to Il Francais, but Il Francais at, at, at Kempton on Boxing Day, but he was still beaten a fair, fair chunk of away 15 lengths and he was the third or six so uh and the previously hadn't set the world alight in extra uh, I, I know he's got the the kind of punch down win on his cv from last year um over hurdles but the, i i still felt that apple away was going to take take some um beating um paul nichols run a brave kingdom is the one that kind of splits them in the market um become nursed back from injury by paul nichols couple of wins under his belt um on on rain softened ground the ground's going to be good to soft at ascot it's <laughs> drying all the time um was all out to win at newbury won well last time is going the right direction it's another step up um here and you know he, he could easily take it in in his stride but i think i'm going to side with apple away she's she's weak in the market she's six to four um but you know the pieces of her form she was very good at leicester when she she, she won over fences and um it was a bit of a brutal race Warwick last time when she kind of curled up a bit turning for home against Grey Dawning who, who could easily go close in a brown advisory so um, I'm not going to give up on Apple away I think getting the weight she's the she's the call in what is a pretty trappy race yeah she does look to be the the class act in that field on Saturday now we've got to this point of the podcast and apologies Bill because I haven't mentioned rare editions so far but now let's go mad let's mention him all the time 225 just short of two and a half miles. It's a handicap hurdle. Big field of 16 runners right at the top of the market. Pay the bill syndicate. It's our friend rare edition. Fantastic that he's running on Saturday. And I don't know how you managed to twist the arm. Harry Cobden is back on board. Tell us the story. Yeah, so it's great to have Harry obviously won on him at Kempton and, and said he was keen to, to ride him next time, um, step him up in trip. We missed the bet for a hurdle to step him up in trip. Uh, the plan was to come here if the ground was okay. And when I was talking to Charlie at the beginning of the week, we were worried because there was plenty of rain around, but the weather gods have kind of helped us a bit. And there's no rain in the forecast now. I was recording this on Friday morning till Saturday. So it's good to soften drying out, which is exactly what he wants. So that's a, a big help. And we've got Harry, which is terrific news. He, he isn't riding Irish Hill. Um for his stable, um, Paul Nichols, which is um, unbelievable, a, a big win for us. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a big win for us um, because he has ridden ten two before, so he could he could do the weight. But um, 
somehow he's managed to persuade his boss to relinquish him to or to us, which is terrific. And mm. look, O'Shill's a big danger. He won the race last year and off off a higher mark, and he's got Freddie Jingle taking Gingle taking five pounds off. So he he he's a player here as well. Um, but Harry rides us, and we go there pretty confident and hope hope he'll run go pretty close. I mean, we think he wants to step up and trip. Charlie's really happy with him. Um, he's been banged up four pounds for for Kempton, but could have been more. And look, hopefully he'll 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 go and um, take another step forward at Ascot on Saturday. Well, good luck. We, it looks it's a tra- trappy race, but stepping up in trip will be interesting to see how he gets on. And now I spoke to Harry Cobden recently on another podcast, and, and he was very complimentary about uh, Rare Edition. So it's great for the owners. There can be a, a few of them going to be there at Ascot on Saturday. Yeah, maybe a, a, a few will come, and there's, there's plenty all over the world. So they'll be tuning in from all over mm. the world to watch him. And, and like you say, it's it's a it's a really good race, and you know there's a former Betfair Hurdle winner in there. There's a, a former Coral Trophy or Hensley Girl Cup winner in there. So there's there's all kind of good horses, and you know, nominating dangers. I mean, Monvial's looks obvious, but he was a bit disappointing over over fences last time. Um, ground drawing out won't necessarily help. Rambo T, I wouldn't have thought. Uh, if you ask me, one I'd probably fear the most. It's probably Ben Pauling's bad, um, who. Everyone will remember was the kind of supposedly brilliantly handicapped good thing in the um, yeah, yeah. Boodles last year at Cheltenham on his first UK run. Um, that was off a mark of one two six. He's now off one two two, so he's four pounds better off than that day. Um, and he's had his wind done since his last run, and he's had his pieces on. Um, he's got pieces, cheap pieces on for the first time. So look, he, he's he's an obvious threat, um, but they're all going to have to be on their A game to beat us, hopefully. Let's hope Row Edition does the business on Saturday. We'll be shouting him home, that's for sure. At three o'clock, it's a three-miler. It's a handicap. Victorino's going to be popular for Venetia. Three under through fives. Run a lot better recently for Paul Nichols. He's been second twice at Wing Canton and at Cheltenham. He wasn't far off Broadway boy at Cheltenham in December in the McNeil family colours. We've got Iron Bridge... Possibly going to run here. I think he's double declared. Shan Blue and Revels Hills in this race as well. So this is a f- another not decent field of ten. How did you see the three o'clock? Um, yeah, good race. I- Iron Bridge is will go to Haydock. Yeah, that's yeah, his first so. preference. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I, I, t- I, t- I tipped him off Haydock earlier in the week, so I hope he does. Um, <laughs> but he goes to the Grand National Trial. Um, Victorino will be favourite. Obviously, has has been doing his thing around Ascot and three miles, so he's coming back to. What we know he does well. He's already a twice course and distance winner this season. Remarkably only only kind of eight pounds higher from when he won the first time. Ran okay at Cheltenham, dropped in trip last time, Victorino. Um, this will be much more his bag. Um, it's just a price thing. He's pretty short at the top. Um, stable isn't in the same rude health that it was six weeks ago. Um, they're still having winners, but they're still not, they're not kind of in in flying form, which is a slight negative. Three under through five. You mentioned it's ultra consistent, but maybe wants a bigger test than this on on, on slightly slow ground. The ground is drying out all the time, as we mentioned before. Sham Blue, respected. Um, <laughs> Charlie Runs, do your job for the first time. Uh, Lily Pynchon rides that. He's stepping um, him up in trip to three miles. It's a bit of a kind of 
um, trip into the unknown, but they're, they're trying it out, but he thinks it'll suit the horse. Um, I, I thought this was a race for a potential turn-up and would probably play two of the outsiders, um, small stakes each way. Um, the first of those was Larry, old friend of, of this show for, for Gary Moore. No Jamie in the saddle, obviously, but um, Gary uh, and Larry kind of both get on particularly well at Ascot. Um, Course and distance winner in the past. Um, one here recently, well, November 22, one here. But it's got bits and pieces of form here um, since. Got back to winning ways at Plumpton last time, having shaped okay previously at Ascot. Um, off a mark, very workable, has, has, has won off higher than this in the past. Um, and yeah, I just thought Larry would go well at around 12 to 1. Now he's back in a kind of winning groove. Um, and the other one stepped up in trip was Torn and Frayed for the Twist and Davis team. I thought he was just interesting stepping up in trip. Um, things didn't really go according to plan last time at Cheltenham in the mud. Um, but it previously won quite well to be sixth to fugitive in the December Gold Cup, uh, running on late off 136. It's now dropped to a mark of 132. Um, but it was a really good, good ground winner at Cheltenham last January on Trials Day. And I just thought Torn and Frey back on a, on a sounder surface, maybe stepped up in trip. I thought that 14 to 1 was was the biggest price each way for Torn and Freyd. So I thought the pair of those um, each way, Larry each way 12 and Torn and Freyd each way 14 was the way to play that. Okay. I don't want to get you in a bad mood, but the feature race at Ascot is at 3.36 on Saturday, Bill. Are you impressed? Well, yeah, yeah. Just, <laughs> I'm not a fan. It's not Ascot's fault. It's not Ascot's fault, but it's, it's no, just, no. it's, um, yeah, I'm not a fan of it. Two miles five. It's the feature race of the day, the grade one. Betfair, Ascot, Chase. Just the four runners now. Fakir Dudari was not declared, so it's not coming over. So we got Lompress in there, Pick Dory, Ahoy Senor, I know you like, and Sail Away. Before we hear from Bill, let's hear from champion trainer, Paul Nichols, who uh, spoke in that media press day organised by Ascot Racecourse. Thanks very much for the invite. I was on board, so was Paul, and he was mentioning about uh, Pick Dory and what a great season he's had so far. He won Ascot first day and probably wasn't his best then, and he, I would say, probably nearly career best the last time, getting three band of, but nearly getting three band of Ambridge. That was a good run. So he's in good form, runs to a good, consistent level, and um, it's a good race with Long Presse in the race. Um, but um, that'll be interesting. His last two seasons, five wins and two seconds. He's so consistent, or it, it must be a terrific horse to train. Yeah, consistency is his big part in he runs in good races. He won his grade one at Aintree last year. He's in good shape and I'm sure he'll run a good solid race again tomorrow. He had the wind up. Has that, has that changed him a little bit? He wasn't bad before the wind up, but he seemed to be even better after it. I mean, just recall tries his palette. That was all. Anything we can do to help them, um, you know, you do. And um, yeah, he's just a high-class horse who runs to a good level. And always, as you said, consistent. It's in the Ryanair, but it's not going to go there, you don't think? I wouldn't have thought so. I think we're quite keen to do what we did last year. And even if he has a hard race, which turns out it's going to be a tough race, he'd be better off soon enough to chant them and go to entry. Entry suits him well, so I suspect that's what we'll do. As the champion trainer Paul Nichols talking about Pick Dorney, he's so consistent, the horse. He's done so well. He's hardly out. He's really never out the first two if he's in grade ones or grade twos. Lompless came back one really nicely at Lingfield, beat Protectorat, having unseated, of course, back in December 2022. It was off for, I think, nearly 400 days. It was a great performance. 
from Venetia Williams to get him back. But uh, is that going to be enough to win a grade one? Pick Dory, as I say, is consistent. You like Ahoy Senor in this one. He was fourth to Capadano at Cheltenham in January for Lucinda Russell and Derek Fox. And at Sail Away for the Skeletons is in there. The sort of general consensus yesterday from the the press guys was that Sail Away is in there to pick up the fourth prize money, which is uh, still worth about, uh, what is it, £9,000. So... Uh, it's not a bad gig if you if you can get it, I suppose, Bill. But uh, what's the, the thought you had on earlier on in the week in the City AM newspaper on Wednesday when you went for Ahoy Senor? I, I went for Ahoy Senor each way eight to one on the basis that, that there might be five four runners and not not the each way term. So you're getting two places at eight. So that's the logic behind it. I suppose it was the top two. I mean, discussing them, Long Press was really good at Blingfield. Um, this is something different. This this is the second run back after a big layoff, so the bounce factor comes into it, could potentially bounce. The other factor with this is it's it's Ascot, and he's he's much better going left handed because he jumps to his left, and he's now going right handed. But Ascot, I, I was here when he won back in December twenty one, and he jumped to his left the whole way round, and got away with it, and. It's just a feeling that in these kind of top-notch races where there's a bit of a play for speed, it's not going to help him later on if he jumps violently out to his left. And that, coupled with the fact that the stable isn't in the same form it was in and the fact that he could bounce was enough to make me want to take him on. And do I want to take him on with Pick Dory, who we've discussed a lot in this podcast? Um, I was with him, very much with him, at Kenton last time when he got beaten. And I described him that day as a grey one and a half horse because he's a very, very solid grey two horse that yeah. just tends to get found out at grey one level. Um, and it's probably harsh to decide that because he's had some emphatic performances. But um, I nerdily went back through and watched about 10 or 11 of his races the other night. And I think it's a, a battling thing. I think he doesn't like getting into a battle. He tends to shirk away from the battle. Um, when something comes alongside him, I, th I think he just checks out a little bit. Um, and I think he could win a grade one one of these days if he, he gets an uncontested lead and they leave him softly off the top. But when something comes alongside him, uh, like Joseph's horse did at Canton last time, um, they just bambridge, they just tend to go past. Um, and that tends to be him done. <clears throat> so that worries me siding with him in... in top class competitive action and that leaves Ahoy Senor who for me was the horse to take out of Cheltenham last time uh in the in the Cotswolds chase because his saddle slipped and he was the last off the bridle tra traveled um I, I think it was the 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 right stirrup leather that had snapped rather than the saddle slipped yeah but I, th I think it was um he was a became a very very uncomfortable ride but he was traveling really well that day. And he's just got this thing, where he loses his form ahead of Christmas and then turning into the new year, he bounces back as a different horse. And he did it last year, traveled well into the Gold Cup before he fell and then was brilliant, just reeled in late on by Shiskin at Aintree. And I thought he showed signs of coming back last time. Um, so for me, I think he's really interesting. I think um, eight to one, uh, was a great bet early in the week, nine to two, five to one. I still think if you're going to have a bet in the race, he's probably the one because he might go out front. Pick Dory might back off him, um, and then Long Press has got to come and get him. 
And he might well, the class might prevail. He might well come get him because he's rated seven pounds higher and all that. And he might moan down, but he might not. And if he's jumping out to his left, I thought Hoy Senor was very interesting. I think the, the drop in trip is, is a plus for me because I think they can be more aggressive. I think he showed at um, Aintree that he can run a field ragged and that was three miles and it probably stretched him. Two mile five, aggressively ridden from the front with a tiny bit of carbon on the ground is perfect for him. I can see him going well here. I can see him going well in the Ryanair. I think if you can get 18s or 16 into the Ryanair now, non-runner no bet, I think that's probably a good bet too because I think if he wins here, he's suddenly nearer. Well, he's definitely single figures for the Ryanair. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think he's a much bigger player than the market suggests. Okay. Ahoy, senor. In the, uh, the big race then, the grade one at Ascot on Saturday for Bill. Uh, we'll move on to Haydock, a couple of races there. I've got the Rendlesham Hurdle. It's a grade two at 240, so over three miles, half a furlong, small field of six. Gary Moore's got Botox has in this one with uh, Kayleen Quinn on board, who's done that so well for him recently. Butch goes for Ollie Murphy and Sean Bowen, Red Risk. Paul Nichols sent Bryony Frost there in the Midland Park, blue colours. Sounds Russian for Ruth Jefferson, also in the race, Wakul. And Martha Bray also in there. Uh, Gary Moore got a winner coming up at Haydock, do you think? Yeah, potentially. Um, it looks a bit of a matchup. The ground's terrible at Haydock. It's heavy. There isn't much rain around, uh, which is actually in, is a negative um, because the ground starts to dry out. So this is proper kind it's of... It's sticky and horrible. Yes, then, isn't I was going to yeah. say, sticky toffee pudding yeah. stuff. And that that's hard work. Um, and it brings proper stamina into play. And it's three miles and and half a furlong, and both Botox has and Birch looks the obvious too, because they win in the mud over three miles, and that's what you want in, you know, particularly Botox has who actually won at Haydock November 22 in the mud when he beat Getatonic in, on soft ground. Um, he seems very kind of versatile in that regard. They tried him um, against Noble Yates in the, in the Cleave hurdle last time, and, you know, he was obviously a bit outclassed that time, but he was only beaten five lengths, weakened away a bit, but the ground was decent compared to this. Um, this is a bit more of a slog. He's got a penalty to carry. <laughs> They've got to give six pounds to the best of these. But if we're a handicap, it would be 11 pounds between him, him and Butch. And for that reason, I probably would side with him. Um, Kaylin Moore and Gary Moore tend to... Kaylin Quinn and going name him as, as a son of Gary. Kaylin Quinn and Gary Moore seem to kind of love it when the mud flies as they show up in Nassalam. And, and yeah, I could just see this Botox has been really hard to beat. Birch is progressing, um, but he's a handicapper stepping up into a great into grade two company and his prices if he's already proved himself for that, that level. So I would probably stick with Botox has. They're both kind of 94 each or two. At the top of the market, it does look a match. I mean, you can make a case for Red Risk and even sounds Russian, but I think they've got to step up a fair chunk, to be honest. Um, and I think Botox Hass is going to take a world of beating. Uh, you featured the 3.15 also on Wednesday in the anti-post in the City AM. 3.15, it's three and a half miles, a little bit more, actually. It's the Grand National Trial Handicap Chase with a field of 11 is this where we get the Stuart Machen impression somewhere along the line? Heavy ground, three and a half miles, and uh, coming into the straight. Oh, we'll do that later. Um, we've got bridges here, haven't we? As you said, Iron Bridge, first preferences here for John Joe, O'Neill Jr. and Senior, Hemmings Racing. Same as famous bridge, same colours, 
Nicky Richards, Sean Quinlan, they're both in this one, as is Credo, my silver lining, and I will do it for Sam Thomas. But uh, you already put up Iron Bridge for this race earlier on in the week. What are your thoughts on it now? Uh, it's a battle of the bridge on the left. <laughs> Left is the iron version on the right. I knew it was coming. I knew it was, it was coming. No, I think, yeah, well, I, I went with Iron Bridge anti-post at, at kind of 11 or 2 on the basis that he was coming here. Second season novice of, of John Joe's, who ran really well in the Welsh National. He was the, uh, obviously, we tipped up Nassalam and uh, and I backed Nassalam and was watching Iron Bridge for most of the way because I thought he was the danger. I couldn't believe how short he'd been sent off because he was really well backed to Iron Bridge. Um, so they fancied a... I fancied him to run well because he's very effective in the conditions. And he did run really well. He was beaten by a postcode, but he was second. And um, the handicap was up to actually dropped in two pounds for that run, um, which is great for a race like this. Um, it's not great for a race like the Grand National where he's trying to head for. So one of the reasons for going for him is that he has to win here today to go, uh, or Saturday, to go and get his place at Aintree. Um, because he's just not going to get in off 140 and he's got his conditions. Um, he's got to prove he can stay, but I think he, he yeah, he carried on running at, at, at Chepstow. Um, and look, he, he didn't beat Nassalam, but the point is that he beat the others and got dropped in the weights for it. If Nassalam hadn't run in the Coral Welsh National, you know, Ironbridge yeah. would have beat, beaten I will do it in that lot. You know, and that's what you've got to kind of factor in. Um, I actually think I will do it is the biggest danger to him. Um, and, you know, if you haven't backed Famous Bridge, I will do it at sevens with Dylan Thomas taking fives off is probably your best saver um, because he's a mudlark who stays really well, who's in good form. San Thomas has been amongst the winners too recently, which is important for a stable like his. Um, I thought it was between those two. I'll stick with Iron Bridge as the main. Um, the main fancy, but I wouldn't put anyone off having a saver on. I will do it. Um, loads of money for the Irish money runner, yay man, um, in pieces for the first time, stepping up in trip. We like the ground, we like the trip. Trained by a bit of a genius in Gavin Cromwell, so it's very possible to see that happening. Um, but no, I'll stick with Iron Bridge with uh, I will do it as his danger. Yeah, man, it just seems to be a, a nearly horse, doesn't he? I know he has won at Thurler's. But he fell at Ascot when he had a really good chance. Then he was staying on at Ascot last time out over three miles. Had a really good chance. Didn't quite get to Victorina. A bit of a nearly horse. It's and it's he's and he's going up in the weights as well, in which he needs probably needs to do. I don't know. Yeah, it just it's, it's a horse that's ridden quietly and creeps into it. And doesn't, yeah, yeah, doesn't jump particularly well. Those are very difficult tactics to pull, pull off in the mud at, at Haydock because you yeah. a get a long way back and b if you start to make mistakes. Yeah. yeah, and you get winded in the mud. It starts to take take its toll. But look, I could see it because he's a very good trainer. But um, I'd be happy with with um, Ironbridge. I think it's going to be one of those horses that wins one day when you're not expecting it. You know, he's going to be there, and you're going to. Oh, that's the one. Anyway, we'll see how he goes on Saturday. Uh, we'll look at one race at Wincanton. It's just shy of two miles. It's the Kingwell Hurdle. It's a Grade Two with five runners. Lorna Fowler comes over from Ireland with Colonel Mustard in this one. Nimian Lions in there for Kerry Lee. We'll hear from Bill in a second. We've got Paul Nichols and Rubo, who's uh, owned by Chris Giles and Brendan McManus, who's beaten by a couple of good horses. I spoke to Paul in the week, as I say, and uh, we spoke about Rubo, and I was saying that uh, he's been beaten by Constitution Hill and Lossy Mouth this season after winning about four in a row. So he's a pretty good horse. 
Yeah, he's been a very consistent horse. Um, the grain would be a slight worry to me. He did run very well last year on soft at Kempton on Boxing Day. But most of his form has been on good ground. He's a bit stronger now, but he loves right-handed and easy two miles. Uh, our attention is to go here, then something else, one more run later down the, 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 down the line, nothing fancy, and then he'll be chasing. That's when you see the best of it. You think he'd be a better chaser than he is already over the hurdles? I'm sure, yeah. Paul Nichols talking about Rubo. I mentioned Lossy Mouth, Constitution Hill. Bill quickly in my ear mentioned... He also uh, got beaten by a rare edition, didn't he? So he must be pretty good, Bill. He is a good horse, and, and this is a, a a good race for him. They could probably do with the ground being a bit better. You know, it's it's soft, heavy in places uh, at Weekend, even though the rain seems to have stopped. So um, we know he's much more effective on better ground. Um, and he has to carry a penalty here as well. So <clears throat> him and Goshen both have to lug round 11 stone 10. Um, <clears throat> there's lots of money, you say, for... Uh, Colonel Mustard, um, owned by Alex Frost and, and Pete Davis. I was at Newbury when this one was a bit disappointing <laughs> last time. <clears throat> Sorry, coughing my lungs up. Um, it, it was a bit disappointing last time, but he's had a bit of time off since that run in December um, over fences and then back over hurdles. Um, definitely more of a hurdler. If he bounces back to the form he was in last season, he's, he's a definite player in this. Uh, um, plenty short enough for that, um, in, in my opinion. I thought the one to beat here was Nimi Lyon, Kerry Lee's horse. Uh, very effective with cut and soft in the ground, uh, which he gets here. Um, ran really well at Kempton. I was there when he was second in the Lanzarote behind JJ Riley, uh, ridden with restraint to try and see out the two mile five, which he did. Proper stayer. Um, this won't be a problem because it'll t- be a bit of a test coming back to two miles. Got some flat speed because that's where they got him from. Handles the ground, stable in good form. Yeah, getting the weight from the top ones. I thought he was going to be the one to beat. To be honest, I thought it was a was an interesting um interesting bit of placing there. And I thought yeah, you know, all all around the five to two mark in what looks like a bit of a kind of three way coin toss. I would probably definitely side. Well, I'll probably definitely I, I will side with Nimi in line. I think he's the one to beat. So let's have a look at the racing that's coming up on Sunday. It's going to be an early morning start. We've got our Hong Kong racing expert, Wally Pyra, on the line for us once again. And Wally, a 10 race card coming up on Sunday morning. And the race cards, they come out quite late this week, didn't they? <laughs> yes, they didn't come out because we had racing at uh, Happy Valley yes, uh, on Thursday. So, of course, you don't get the racing until Friday morning. But never mind. But first, before we start on Charlton, um, there is um, an important race for Hong Kong taking place in Doha, Qatar, um, tomorrow afternoon at 1.15. It's the Douglas White-trained Russian emperor who's out there. He's seeking to retain his Group 3 Amir Trophy over a mile and a half. He's got Alberto Sanna in the saddle. He won it last year, which was a great feather in the cap for Hong Kong racing. I mean, it's worth £2 million in prize money, so it's certainly a race well worth watching. But this time, I've got to say, he faces much stiffer opposition. Looking down the field, you've got the Godolphins' rebel romance with Buick, Passion and Glory, Mark One. Then you've got Zafiro that finished second in the Hong Kong 
um, vase on International Day with Marrera, a couple of um, Japanese horses, Northbridge and Satono Glance. You've got Point Lonsdale representing Aidan O'Brien with Ryan Moore. And then you've got Isra from the uh, Gosden, John and Thady Gosden, ran well in Bahrain in November. So all in all, it's a difficult card. Personally, I don't think he'll win, but nothing would give me greater pleasure if he doesn't. Now, anyway, it's for Hong Kong people who enjoy the racing, mm -hmm. it's 1.15. Um, yeah, I think that's the time. 1.15 in Doha tomorrow. So if you get a chance to watch it, please do. Okay. Now, let's get on to the uh, Hong Kong racing on Sunday. Ten races, as you said. Five o'clock start, six six races on turf, four on the all-weather. This last week, people were celebrating Chinese New Year, especially the Hong Kong racing fraternity. It hasn't been easy for punters, I've got to say. There's, it was 11 races last uh, Monday, uh, nine on Thursday, 20 races, only three favourites won. Quite a number of odds-on shots got beat. Lots and lots of long shots, 20 to 1 plus winners. So it's been a pretty tough start for the old um, year of the dragon. And that's when they're all expecting they're going to get good, you know, uh, good results for the coming season. But it's been pretty tough. Now, I'm going to start near the end at the 8.05 the last three or four races you've got a six furlong all weather contest 12 runners you've got some useful performers in the race one on um the surface this season like smoky bear Toronado phantom you've got some useful sprinters like armor eagle and last start winner baby crystal trying dirt for the first time looking further down the field you've got a horse called monta fruta from the crony Tony Cruz stable. He gave a glimmer of hope last start. His trials at the beginning when he joined Cruz's stable were very impressive. He races off bottom weight and he got sports legend who arrived in Hong Kong from Australia with a big reputation. But he's taken time to adapt. But I've got to say, I fancy this last start winner, a horse called Sky Forever who steps up in class again. He has one off a higher rating that he runs on Sunday. Blew away the opposition last month in a very fast time. Um, gets a good draw in five. If he gets some luck and doesn't get held up down the home straight, I could see this horse following up his last success. And he'll be a fair price in an open-looking contest. So hopefully we could start off well for the day. 35 minutes later, the 8.40s, a class two contest. It's worth £280,000 in prize money on turf over seven furlongs. And really and truly, this is all going to be about this lightweight global harmony who has any amount of ability, but caused a bit of a shock when refusing to jump off in the race won by Mugan last month. There's no doubting that this uh, New Zealand-bred five-year-old has any amount of ability, but he looks like he needs the old kid glove treatment tip from the saddle. And trainer David Hayes, after having the likes of Hewitson, Teton, McDonald in the saddle, finally gets his favourite jockey, Zach Pertner, aboard. 
And they all, I mean, they already have a 21% win strike record this season. Burton has trialled him twice in recent times. Both of them are smart performances. And providing he doesn't play up at the start, and if you fancy him, you're going to have to watch that closely, he's going to be hard to beat. Opposition on paper looks good with the likes of three-time course and distance winner, drum big banner, talented, um, Otula McGill, gummy, gummy, alacrity, superb boy. Um, plus, expect better a better effort from good luck friend who ran last on Monday and Silver King. They're all, it makes it a good class race, but really and truly, I feel that if Global Harmony will be the probable favourite, gets off. I think Purton will enjoy riding this horse. He'll be sitting, he'll be sitting with a double handful at the back of the field when they turn into the home straight. But let's see what happens then. He might be sitting with a double handful in the stalls, though. That's the problem, well, though, that's, isn't it? That's the problem. <laughs> that's what you're going to watch closely. So yeah, when you're yeah. in the, the stalls, go in the lineup, hold your breath, and just hope it all goes well. Now the nine fifteen is a nine furlong handicap, another one worth two hundred grand. And he's got some potential Hong Kong Derby candidates, like Moments in Time from the Danny Shumyard. Forget about his classic mile run. It's far too short. When he gets up to 2,000 metres, this horse, he'll be good. Now, this is obviously only over nine furlongs, but expected a better performance. You've got Simple Hedge representing the John Sizak person combination. That horse looks close to um, a win. And notably, this horse, um, this highly progressive galloper called Simply Maverick from the Inform Ricky Yu Yard. Now, this is a horse that's a winner of three of his last four races. It should have been unbeaten in all four, actually, but for a desperately unlucky run at Happy Valley. He returns to Charlton with his trainer, who's been waxing lyrical about him this week, how much this son of Sebring has improved. And he expects even more with the long, charting, straight, shorter play to his strength. He's going to be pretty hard to beat. But you've got the field also includes the horses like these consistent Woodside uh, Woodside Bro, course and distance winner, very consistent. He'll, he'll appeal to each way players. And I can't, I can't not mention the best peach. How many times have we gone to the well and nothing's happened? He's promised so much, but he just keeps failing to deliver. Always has excuses and normally good excuses, but this time he's got Karis Teaton aboard. Karis Teaton is the only jockey to a one on this horse. So you dismiss, you dismiss him, and that includes me, at, my, at your peril. So watch out for him. And finally, just a quickie, the all-weather contest um, for the lucky last at 9.50 over the expended, extended mile. It looks like this is a rerun of last month's contest when So so We Joy finally came good and beat half a dozen of these rivals, which was an evening meeting at Charlton, which included Adderfield, the Yellowfin and, the, and a costly beaten favourite, Fantank. I've got to say, a seven-pound penalty for So We Joy makes it pretty tough. And maybe Franting, who didn't settle in that race before weakening in the closing stages, and Adifil, who he appeared 
and I only say appear to be given too much to do when dashing late. Maybe those two will be the principal hopes and fight out the finish. But here's hoping that we get some better results than we've had in the last two meetings. Thanks, Wally. Good luck with your selections there. Sunday from 5 o'clock in the morning UK time. The racing there from Hong Kong is on Sky Sports Racing here in the UK. And we look forward to that, as well as all the weekend action from Ascot, Haydock and Wing Canton on Saturday afternoon. Well, that's all from us for today. We'll be back again next week as we take our usual look ahead to the weekend's top racing action. So please make sure you join us then. Don't forget to visit the City AM website for all the latest news and horse racing tips and follow the podcast on Apple Tunes, Spotify, Amazon Music or Stitcher to get the latest episodes as soon as they're released. Have a great weekend. Bye for now. Oh,